part of what makes entrepreneurs so beautiful and important in our communities is that when we feel crisis, they feel a challenge to solve around that crisis. And so our entrepreneurs, even in this moment, continue to be creative and innovative and designing new ways to handle this current situation. That's Leslie Smith. She was the founding CEO at Epicenter, a nonprofit that supports entrepreneurs in Memphis. Leslie joins us for a conversation about the importance of entrepreneurship, especially in times of crisis. You're listening to Disrupt the Continuum, a podcast powered by Launch Tennessee, dedicated to entrepreneurs, investors, and ecosystem builders. I'm your host, Clark Buckner. Launch Tennessee is a public-private partnership with this simple vision. Make Tennessee the most startup-friendly state in the nation. This season, you'll get an up-close look at how the statewide Launch Tennessee network and boots-on-the-ground startups build Tennessee. In this episode, Leslie shares an update on the thriving community of entrepreneurs in Memphis, along with some exciting stories about the impact Epicenter has made in just five years. She also talks with us about the value of Tennessee's larger entrepreneurial ecosystem, which helps founders connect with resources they need all across the state. To learn more about Tennessee's statewide network of resources, visit launchtn.org slash buildtn. Now, let's jump in. Hi there, it's Leslie Smith, President and CEO of Epicenter, located in Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you so much for taking some time to jump on here. We've got an exciting season three of Disrupt the Continuum in the works. And the cool thing about this is not only are we looking at the statewide ecosystem, we're really wanting to zoom in and look closely at the different hubs and these different entrepreneurial partners that are responsible for supporting a, a, a whole host of entrepreneurs and, and getting resources to those entrepreneurs. So we're really excited to hear about what you've been doing over the years. I, of course, have I've met you, but I don't really know the full story of, of how you came into this world of entrepreneurship and supporting entrepreneurs. But how about we start off with just a quick overview of Epicenter, and then let's talk a little about how you got involved. Great. Thanks. It's so um, good to talk to you today. Epicenter was actually created in 2014 as an idea that was flowing out of the regional chamber. And there were a group of local CEOs that created a coalition called the Chairman's Circle, really 100 top CEOs in and around our community that were designing ways to really catalyze growth and vibrancy in Memphis. And among those ideas were an idea that really suggested that an entrepreneurial community and or culture can really add vibrancy to a community, not only through its economic expansion, but just the cultural and community sort of creativity and engagement that occur as a result of entrepreneurial activities. At the time, they had two data point goals, serve a thousand entrepreneurs and create or grow 500 companies over a decade and nothing more. I was recruited here to lead that effort from Detroit, Michigan, which is uh, my hometown where I had previously been doing 
similar work from 2008 to 2015. And I think the folks in Memphis felt like the experiences post-recession, post-bankruptcy that I had in Detroit really had some interesting application to the opportunities in Memphis. And so um, I was invited to come and be the founder of this effort in Memphis and landed in March of 2015 when we began our efforts. The effort expanded under our leadership to really think about how we could create an entrepreneurial movement in Memphis that would allow entrepreneurs to have access to the critical tools and resources they need to be successful and among those being access to ideas and or a process to commercialize their own ideas access to talent or the people necessary to help them start and grow their businesses here, access to customers, which are abundant in community, but often difficult to connect to, access to capital. So all of the different types of capital at different stages that are necessary for the launch and growth of a business, and then access to a culture that really supports all of those activities and wants entrepreneurs to be successful. And so we crafted a 10-year strategy to transform the Memphis entrepreneurial ecosystem created with our partners and entrepreneurs across the community, a vision for what that work would look like and set out to raise $100 million to flood that system with resources and get entrepreneurs the start they need in Memphis, Tennessee. I did not know that you were recruited and you moved your, you know, home and everything here to to Memphis from Detroit. And so you were saying that they were interested in your background and that set of skills that you brought with you. And it's interesting because we opened this episode with you talking about the resiliency of entrepreneurs and especially in a time of doubt and some challenges. And when you had experiences in Detroit, this was after, during slash after the recession in 2008. I'm curious what connections you made to seeing how people have gotten through times like this based on your experience. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the questions I asked repeatedly when I was being recruited to Memphis is whether or not they were willing to be courageous in the absence of a clear and obvious crisis. And the reason I asked that question is because I think crisis breeds an extraordinary level of risk taking that doesn't necessarily exist in normal times. And in Detroit, we had, you know, the crash of the auto industry and all of its resulting sort of economic impacts, which was immediately followed by the single largest municipal bankruptcy filing in the history of our country. And those two crises together, I think, combined to create an urgency and comfort with risk that we had not previously had, or at least not had for what we imagine may have been close to 100 years in Detroit. And in Memphis, while there were great and complex challenges and opportunities here, there wasn't this sort of marking crisis that one could point to that would catalyze an, an investment of the significance I was talking about. And so I do find some interesting analog to the current corona 
virus environment and the Detroit environment sort of post-2008. And some of those have to do with just a real uncertainty and urgency, which doesn't exist in normal times. Now, that doesn't mean we haven't been successful over the last five years in creating change and catalytic programming and partnerships. But I do think that we wake up every day encouraging and incenting those behavior changes. And in a crisis, they occur more naturally. When you started, I love that, by the way. Thank you for sharing your experience and, and that message of in times of crisis, you can have innovation and good can come from that. So you were saying when you started up founding with that team, Epicenter, that you said it's 2015. Is that around when you started? Yes, I moved to Memphis in March of 2015. And the goal was a thousand entrepreneurs and 500 companies. Did I hear that right? Yep. As we look at the numbers, and then we'll zoom in and maybe look at some of the stories. But what's it been like the last five years? What kind of you know roadmap has it looked like? And then maybe we can then talk about some of the entrepreneurs and some of the folks that come to mind. I know there's a lot. We can only <laughs> choose a couple in this limited time. But and then we'll talk about Memphis and sort of the uniqueness that Memphis has and how that's brought additional value to these folks? Yeah. So the goal was a thousand entrepreneurs served, 500 businesses started or grown over a decade. We're five years in and we've already passed the 500 company goal. And I think we're somewhere close to 550 and we'll hit the thousand entrepreneurs served by the end of this year. So well over 800 as we ended 2019. The sort of theory of change was correct, and there was a need and an appetite in Memphis for entrepreneurial support and expanding those supports across the entire community, and we're excited about that. Relative to our $100 million fundraising goal, we've raised over $70 million in those five years, and we've helped our companies directly raise into their efforts over $65 million, which is um, also really exciting news and a trend that we like to celebrate because it suggests that our companies are finding the investments they need to continue to grow in our community. That's great. Congrats. Thanks. There's that's a lot of progress and a lot of, a lot of work being done. And, you know, there's, those numbers are fantastic. So as we look, though, deeper and we look at some of the people behind those numbers, what are some of the the folks that come to mind that you're seeing over these last five years who are being entrepreneurially engaged to build something better, you know, there in their home of Memphis and how that's impacting the community around them. Any folks come to mind that you would like to maybe brag on for a moment? Yeah, you know, um your entrepreneurial partners are in many ways, like your children, you're not allowed to, nor are you supposed to have favorites. And so um, out of the the hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs with we work with on a sort of annual basis, I have to say that I love, cherish and respect them all. And those who come to mind are, are simply sort of the result of things I've been thinking about most recently, but we just are surrounded by amazing entrepreneurs. One that comes to mind where we 
we've also partnered with um, Launch Tennessee and others across the community to support her efforts as Erica Plybier Hemphill, who has founded a company locally called MedHall, was really designed in response to a competition we had where local anchor institutions were presenting particular points of pain they had to our entrepreneurial community. And entrepreneurs were invited to design companies as solutions to those challenges. This particular challenge was around non-emergency transportation in a way that was scalable and reliable and not managed in-house. And Erica created a beautiful innovation, which is a technology-based platform that supports the engagement and access to an entire complex fleet of non-emergency transportation providers across our community. And she has been growing that business now for the past several years. She's been invited to participate in founder accelerators across the country. Erica is a black woman and stands as a leader among black female founders across the country and has participated in a variety of accelerators that celebrate diverse founders She's raised several rounds of capital. She's closed a really extraordinary number of clients locally and regionally to sort of engage her efforts and just continues to evolve and grow as a founder and entrepreneur. She's met every challenge, again, as we talked about earlier, with creativity and optimism and resilience, and I think really stands as a leader in our community as a reflection of what's possible. Memphis, Tennessee is a majority black community, and we declare our intent to grow an economy that mirrors the population of our city. And so the opportunity to engage and support black founders in our community is a fundamental commitment and joy for our team. And so Erica is certainly a story I like to lift up and a founder of whom I'm very, very proud. We also have, we talked a little bit earlier about one of our founders who is constantly innovating around all of the challenges of the universe. And that is Kayla Rodriguez-Graff, who is the founder and CEO of Sweet Bio. They've uh, developed a technology that applies historically really favorable results, medical healing um, principles of Manuka honey in a scaffold that her brother, Isaac Rodriguez, her co-founder, developed and commercialized out of the University of Memphis into this beautiful company here locally that is now selling product in a variety of different uses across the market, has also successfully closed a series of rounds and is just really deeply engaged in our community from a culture and sort of give back sort of way, which I think is a part of our commitment is to engage not only the creation and growth of businesses, but also the engagement of the people who run those businesses in the creation of a better Memphis. There's so many good things in there. So as I understand it, there's a couple of different stats that come to mind that I just pulled up. I remember 
Tennessee being ranked seventh best state for black entrepreneurs. That was by a publication called Fit Small Business. And also the U.S. Census Bureau and Coffin Foundation's index for startup activity, they revealed that Memphis is one of the top three American cities where black-owned businesses are thriving. When you share some of those you know, stories and examples, that's just barely touching the surface of what you all are doing there. And you also mentioned culture and how you have this culture of startups and, you know, Sweet Bio, that's their name, is that right? Yes. I've heard about them and I've seen them pitch and be part of the, the launch in a sea. Uh, they were part of the their own accelerator. I'm sure they've been a part of a lot of events like that. But when you talk about that culture where you have entrepreneurs who are not only in the trenches, but they're wanting to, you know, pay it forward to other up-and-coming entrepreneurs, anything else like that that you've seen over your last, you know, five years where entrepreneurs are not only plugging into this statewide network, but they're also trying to lift up the next round of entrepreneurs? I mean, yeah, I think that is very much an embedded part of our ecosystem and culture here. The CEOs of the different companies all support each other in a really beautiful and non-competitive way, unlike many places I've seen across the country. And in fact, we'll call and um, check on each other. They'll negotiate um, sort of different role-playing activities when a company is going through a pitch with a big customer or a pitch with a big funder. So I think the sort of support within our portfolio of founders is really deep and wide and an important part of our culture. And then it's almost impossible to find an entrepreneur in our portfolio who's not also really actively involved in either supporting new businesses, coaching high school kids with their entrepreneurial endeavors, serving on boards of local nonprofits, being spokespeople for the opportunities that exist in Memphis and in always serving as a voice for what is possible here. I think when you and I first met, it was in Nashville, where we regularly come together to try to tell the story of the importance of the statewide network of entrepreneurship centers. And we always bring our entrepreneurs to tell that story because they tell it better than anyone. As you mentioned, the entrepreneur centers across the state coming together to try to share best practices and ultimately do what the whole goal is to support entrepreneurs and to hear their stories because they do they always say it best of course anything else you want to add on just your experience with the uniqueness of Tennessee statewide network of entrepreneur centers and entrepreneur support yeah, I mean, I think what's really beautiful about Tennessee and the entrepreneurship centers is the way we've come together across the state, A, to first come to know each other and be in relationship with one another. And in so doing, we've created an expanded network upon which we can rely as professionals when we hit a snag or a challenge that we need help guiding our way through. And I can call, you know, Jim Biggs over in Knoxville and say, hey, I'm having this challenge. Have you seen this in the past? And what have you done with it? So that helps our center thrive. And then sort of similarly, when we have 
an entrepreneur who could maybe better be served by the resources of another community or where there's a connection to a customer or a particular capital tool or some other resource that our entrepreneur needs, we can make those connections with our partners in other cities. And one really great example of that is um, Jeff Brown, who's a good friend of ours over there in Cookville, who's a part of this statewide network had a medical device company who was really seeking resources and support that he couldn't provide and knew that we could in Memphis. And so he called and made a connection and we worked to find ways to get the appropriate resources to that entrepreneur. And I think that just speaks to the culture of collaboration and connection. We are not in competition with one another between Memphis and Nashville and Chattanooga and Cooksville and Knoxville or Jackson, Tennessee, which is only an hour away from us. I mean, I think that makes a a more interesting troped narrative, but it's just not true that we're um, in any way competitive with one another. And Launch Tennessee really sits as the organization that has the opportunity to convene those entrepreneurship centers, find resources that flow into the communities to support that work and help support us back in Nashville by the creation of a policy framework and sort of statewide agenda that supports our efforts uh, individually and collectively. And I do think it is a prudent and productive model. I participated in a very similar model in Michigan, where I led the statewide efforts around innovation. I did not know that. Yes. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. So I have, I come at this for a variety of ways, not only as an entrepreneur who has sort of built and sold a company, but as an economic developer that did this stuff statewide and I've done it at the city level. So I have deep appreciation for Launch Tennessee and the role they play in this work. And I'm just grateful for the relationships I have with really smart people across this great state. I love that. And we've I love hearing the names of some of the the CEOs and executive directors across the state on how there's that, you know, that that community support of each entrepreneurs and are helping each other. We've also, we've got sync space now in Tri-Cities and I've had the chance to connect with Bunker Labs and Mm -hmm. Life Science Tennessee. They're also part of the network, Tennessee Advanced Energy Business Council. There's so much Tennessee has and when you can see it all get connected and threaded together, it is exciting because like you were saying, like maybe an entrepreneur comes through another corner of the state and they can get fast-tracked to the things that you offer. And one of the final questions I wanted to ask you is what's your rally cry about Memphis, but also about Tennessee? If someone's thinking about relocating and maybe thinking about starting and growing their business, what do you want folks to know about Memphis and also Tennessee? What's kind of the final thing you want to leave us with? Yeah, I mean, Memphis is... uh an historically important American city. It is rich with culture and creativity. And as we like to say, locally grit and grind. As a former Detroiter, the spirit of this place is very familiar to me because the people here are authentic and kind and engaged. It's a warm and welcoming place. And when you move your entire family, as we did to a place like this, it is wonderful to be received with such warmth. I think 
for entrepreneurs, a part of Memphis that is so significantly important is the connected nature of our network, the abundance of our resources, and the ease of operation. We work really hard to ensure that barriers that may exist in other places or have perhaps historically existed here are removed so that the entrepreneurial journey is as um, without tension or resistance as possible. And I think the fact that we connect to a statewide network of actors who are as equally committed to the success of our entrepreneurs as they are the entrepreneurs in their community is just an added benefit. I think we've seen during this most recent crisis and any that may come in the future that having a community that already sits vulnerably, authentically, and deeply in relationship with a commitment to a just and inclusive economy and their support of entrepreneurs better positions us to respond to crisis. So another thing I would say about Memphis and Tennessee is we are ready. We stand ready to activate against new opportunities, but we also stand ready to defend any disruption to our way of life. And for that, I have been deeply grateful and remain deeply optimistic about the future of this place because of it. What a great optimism to end on and we stand ready i love it i think that is such a great way to wrap up this conversation we stand ready we're standing together and i just really appreciate all of the energy you bring to this and it's so such an honor to to get to connect with you and, and hear up close and personal what all is happening so as we end here what's a good way for someone to learn more about Epicenter and the, you know, the entrepreneurs you mentioned and the fund and just the general connected aspect of the ecosystem over there in Memphis. Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest way to get connected to us in Memphis is through our website, which is www.epicentermemphis.org. We're also really active on social media through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of the sort of usual spots. And that's where you can find information about upcoming webinars or workshops or events. Um, we've also tried to organize a really productive list of responsive resources to the COVID-19 environment, and we'll continue to do that on our website as well. There's a link at the bottom of our page that clearly identifies COVID-19 resources, and you can find us in all of those places. Thank you so much again, and definitely looking forward to keeping the conversation going. Awesome. Awesome. Clark, it's always great to talk to you. I hope you are staying safe and uh, are well, and I get to see you soon. 